The following is brought to you by Meekop's Food for Thought Project. In this clip, the Meekop team share their personal memories of food. I have lovely memories of my grandmother um, making homemade Scottish tablet. Really unhealthy, but really delicious. Um, and she used to spend hours um, over the, the hob stirring. She had to constantly stir the tablet to make sure it doesn't, um, to make sure that it sets properly. And she would sell it at the local theatre or she would um, sell it for charity fundraising um, and it was just such a, a comfort to, to see her standing over the hob stirring and the smell of the sugar and the condensed milk. <laughs> um, yeah and yeah, tablet for me is always going to remind me of my grand. My wife's Norwegian, so we actually celebrate Norwegian Christmas on the 24th of December and then a British Christmas with my sister on the 25th, so it's basically 48 hours of non-stop eating and drinking, which is great. But uh, the Norwegian uh, Christmas is especially good. We, we have uh, Norwegian food, which uh, the, main, the main thing is ribba, which is a uh, belly and uh, a rib of pork, which goes uh, in the oven. And we eat that with uh, pickled red cabbage, potatoes, uh, salmon, uh, various pickled uh, fish as well. Lots of champagne, wine, beer, obviously. But we also have uh, Norwegian akafit, which is a kind of schnapps. And the idea is that it cuts through the, the, you know, the, all these fatty, meaty dishes, uh, which is great. So at dinner, there's about 15 of us. And then after we've finished, some friends from the village, they come up as well, another maybe ten. And we have more drinking and eating. Uh, and then we go around the Christmas tree outside and sing carols and uh, Christmas songs, and some Norwegian, mostly, mostly British, obviously. It's just good fun. Uh, and then, as I say, on Christmas Day, we all go down to my sister's in Edinburgh and have a traditional uh, British Christmas with turkey and all the trimmings. Once again, lashes of one of my favourite memories of food is when my mum used to make a Chinese rice dish called gonji, which is our equivalent of mashed potato and gravy. Comfort food, warm, nourishing winter days. In the past, during the Chinese New Year, we kids always love to visit one of our aunts and uncle because she cooked really lovely traditional Chinese New Year food once a year only in New Year. And she believed the food would bring good luck in the coming year. She cooked rice cake, lean go, means increasing prosperity year after year, and crispy dumplings, yao go, it looked like a piece of gold, and we all love it. I grew up in the Highlands in a crofting community and my grandparents had a croft and a couple of times a year there'd be jobs that would need to be done with the sheep like dipping and clipping and after those my granny would make a big massive spread for all the other crofters that had helped like sausage rolls and curry pies and shortbreads and always the same things um, but it was just a big cause for, for celebration and everyone to get together and that's a big memory from my childhood. I spent a lot of time in Indonesia in a very rural area 
and spent a lot of time sort of sitting down, crouching down on a cold floor uh, watching people cook and because nobody really followed a recipe I would be scribbling away but people didn't really measure ingredients so the only way that I could remember how much ginger to use or how much garlic or how much lemongrass for example was to write down a thumb of ginger or a forefinger of lemongrass or something like that so I've still got those recipes and to this day whenever I'm, I'm making particular things I have to look down and measure a thumb of ginger because I have no idea what it is in grams. So there's something that I can I can think of um, at the top of memory. What was that? The one when we first ate porridge. Can I talk about this? <laughs> now, uh, breakfast was very important, so everybody after uh, eating something. So I, I just didn't like porridge. So um, she she made it that way that uh, she made it in a funny way. So every morning for breakfast, so if you wanted to ask for anything, you'd ask it after eating porridge. <laughs> So we ended up having to eat porridge because I was kind of uh, wanting, um, I did a lot of things that I wanted. So I knew that the only way to get what I wanted is to eat porridge so that we can talk about it. Otherwise she was not going to give us some porridge. Barnes night wasn't a biggie, but we would tend to have haggis leaps and dies. Um, but my dad has always done shift work. So if that wasn't really working out, we would quite often have a haggis supper from the chip shop so you would still want to have what you were supposed to eat but it might not be the home cooked variety it would be like a battered jungle <laughs> haggis supper with salt and sauce so it's kind of traditional but kind of not so um, we met at a friend's house and decided to have um, homemade pizza. The homemade pizza um, turned into a big debate about whether you should have a handle or not on your pizza and that then led into eight years of regular cook-offs where all friends got together and challenged each other to make different dishes. During my childhood, growing up in Dublin, my mum used to make us colcannon and colcannon is an Irish dish made of mashed potato and kale and onion and lots of butter generally um, and at Halloween it's traditional to eat colcannon and my mum used to make it for us and then she would wrap up money, so coins, in greaseproof paper and she would put it into the colcannon and me and my twin sister used to be so excited, you know, to see how much money we would make. Um, and she still makes it for me, albeit without the money, um, to this day. And it's really one of my most favourite dishes. One of my best memories is working with my grandmother. Um, my mother's mother was a cook um, in her working life but of course because she was working she never had really had time to spend um, teaching my mother or her son so when I came along she had lots of time to teach her granddaughter to cook in particular um, she enjoyed baking and one of my um, one thing that I have from my grandmother um, is a lot of her kitchen uh, implements and bowls 
and I have a handwritten recipe for what she called a good lunch loaf. Quite why it was called a good lunch loaf. It makes me laugh because I can't imagine her writing a recipe for a bad lunch loaf. <laughs> but anyway, it's basically there is a list of ingredients. Um, there is no method. The only thing that is written is bake. Uh, sorry, beat as usual. Bake in moderate oven. So when she was older um, and she wasn't able to um, beat the ingredients herself, I used to sit on a chair, high chair, and help her. Um, so I have my own way of making a good lunch loaf um, and I make them every Christmas. I don't particularly like the cake myself, which is the real irony, but lots of friends and family do. So I think last year I made 10 of them and given that they take three hours each in the oven, that's quite a lot of work. Thoughts A Life in Four Courses is an oral history food heritage project exploring and recording the cultural heritage and traditions of food with people from South Asian, Chinese, Nepalese, African, Caribbean and white Scottish communities. The project is delivered by MECOP and funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund. Project development worker is Ems Harrington and audio was produced by Kieran Earls. To learn more about the project visit mecop.org.uk.